0: 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade presents Werewolf the Apocalypse.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade presents Werewolf the Apocalypse. And today we're continuing our journey down understanding what a werewolf is and everything it's about. And uh, as we said last time, folks, it's a different format. And what that means is that we're trying to come at it from a level of understanding and comprehension, at least as we're reading the material presented. And today, me and Nick have decided uh, to include everybody else, or perhaps everybody else, is now prepared for today. I'll let you be the judge of that. And we're diving uh, right back into the material. And where we left off at, we started to get a hint at what the tribes were like. But later on, we're going to get... Uh, nope, let's not do later on. Let's not do later on. Here's the reason why. Can't discuss politics, which is a big section of where we want to get to to help people understand we of politics. Until we mention at least what the tribes are that we're talking about. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to throw a little audible. We're going to back up a pace start with, of course, tribes, period. Just to get an inkling. And in general, what we're going to do here, fellas, if you don't mind, is uh, stop me from being a rude jerk here. And when I say gentlemen, who am I on the podcast with, guys? Well, you're,
0: you're on with Nick, of course.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm Mike. <laughs> Sometimes hey, <everyone>. I'm Mike. <laughs> We do this to each other all the time, I promise you. I'm DJ. Here's here's the baffling thing.
1: We're on video too. Right, we're looking at each other, we're on here, we're talking, and I'm sitting here going, You just it's just like we're talking in a room, like, hey, what's up folks? I'm so and so and you can see him talk. It's like your camera shy. Sorry. Right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I can get behind okay. that just a little bit. Um uh, I oh, I should say surprise folks. We're getting ready to ramp up to record this on video as well. Uh, but Brenton, you were saying?
3: Yeah, I was just, you know, trying to do that introduction. Sorry there, Mike. I thought I thought you were done. I saw that pause. And, uh, yeah, hey, everyone, it's Brennan.
1: See? Right there. So southerly.
3: So, as,
1: as awkward <laughs> as that hello to everybody is, we're getting it. We're getting it going. Uh, besides, you don't listen to us for our stellar onlining of saying hellos anyway, although we will get there. Um, let's get back to the 13 tribes. Now, we heard, you heard it from me and Nick when we said it, that there were, uh, they said a bunch of tribes uh, before it started up. Right here, they said 15 tribes existed, right? In the epics before time. Because you got to include their their bunyip of Australia, and they were driven to extinction. The Black Sparrow Dancers, formerly White Howlers, and they fell to the worm. And the 13 remaining tribes, therefore, are... And, and remember, I know, I can hear everyone screaming about another tribe we can mention, but they don't mention Amir. Which, again... Material as it's presented to us. So, in that case, what I'm going to do is, uh, guys, we're on page 40, just to help you go along. And we're all going to get a chance to read. Our dulcet tones must be heard. They resonate with the cosmos here. I'm going to start off with the awesome Black Furies, uh, as a quote here. And then we're just going to go with Nick, and then on down. Just go ahead and grab it, right? And uh, we're just going to read them. Tell them what they said and first said what these tribes are. And with the Black Furies, they consisting entirely of females. The Black Furies originated in ancient Greece and were particularly harsh enforcers of the imperium. Remember, the imperium was that stricture that Guru placed on mankind, i.e. you only grow so far, we'll trim the herd. That, that terrible time. And um, However, they were inspired by a body of horrible mythology among the... Why did I read that all wrong? Let me get back up. They were particularly harsh enforcers of the imperium, where they inspired a body of horrible mythology among the people of the region. That just reads weird. I was reading correctly. It just sound, I just don't know why that's so weird to me. Anyway, that aside, they dwell one of the deepest wildernesses and are staunch worshippers of the wild. They emerge only to carry out surgical strikes against those who would desecrate the dwindling magical places of the world. I'm going to tell you, from reading these out loud before and, and reading them, to, this does not give the full detail of what these tribes are, but be prepared for that. Uh, Nick, what are Bonars? Uh, Bonars
0: are the lowliest of tribes. The bone live precariously on the streets of the urban slums, often resembling jackals more than wolves, scorned and despised by other guru. The scrawny and mangy nars are nothing. Are nonetheless capable of extreme feats of survival, perhaps the most cunning of the line. They're pragmatic, cynical, and they long ago gave up the lofty ideals that the other guru cling to.
1: And the end part I, I think is important too, sir. Oh,
0: yeah, they do what they have to to survive from day to day.
1: Right. I only said that because that is something very, well,
4: you heard it. I don't need to beat the drum again. Uh, Mike, what's Children of Gaia? Children of Gaia are the desperate keepers of the balance. Uh, the children are the lone song of peace and caring in a world of coldness and war. Protectors of all life, the children seek a medium between the needs of the Hamids and the needs of the group. The vision of the children is a world free of the worm, where animal, human, and garu exist in a balanced ecosystem. To this end, the children have even discussed the forbidden prospect of breaking the veil in a desperate attempt to mediate between the two peoples before it is too late. Brennan,
1: if I am a Fianna, what am I?
3: Well, if you're a Fianna, you are a skilled singer and musicians. The Fianna seem almost schizophrenic at times. Uh, on the one hand, they are happy go lucky rustabouts, always with a song on the lips, and a brew in the hand. They are renowned for their wit and charm. When angered, however, these descendants of the mighty Dire Wolf are among the most savage and merciless of all the Guru.
1: And DJ, that leaves you with the mighty, mighty Gedefenris.
2: Geta the Getafenrus. It is said that among the Guru, the Gedefenris would gladly allow themselves to be devoured by a worm demon, just so they could rip out its tongue before they died. The Harbingers war and destruction to get offenders or savage berserkers who live for combat. Always on the front line of the war against the Worm, the bloodless and rage of the Gett is unnerving even to other Guru, who note with shock how they throw themselves heedlessly into the howls of their foes.
1: And then we get the Glasswalkers. Most Guru find the city to be a hellish nightmare, a concrete abyss gaping to swallow them and their way of life whole. Not the Glasswalkers. These quirky and rebellious Guru long ago adapted to the city and are now purveyors of technology and wealth. Willing to accept the changing urban landscape and involved in various less-than-savory activities therein, the Glasswalkers are perhaps the least trusted guru, but between their connections, their wealth, and the hordes of urban elementals they command, few dare to express that distrust openly. Red Talon's Snake. It is said
0: that nature is self-correcting, that any species who becomes too much of a threat to the ecosystem as a whole will be driven to extinction by one means or another. If humanity has indeed overstepped its bounds then the truism above is proven by the red talons. Comprised exclusively from feral stock, Mina lupus, the red talons harbor a burning hate for the two legs who have destroyed their forests and killed their game. Uh, their packs, which they solemnly vow in the night woods uh, around cauldrons of human blood, are to eradicate the cancer, the humans, from the face of Guy was, sorry, I, I had a Bob moment there, and as I was like reading it, I was like, this doesn't seem uh, right, but now, it, let me just, uh, yeah, and, all right, tell me it, about the Shadow Lords, please, <laughs> put me out of my misery.
1: No, 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 you're fine, it's it's, it's just like it did before, the cauldrons of human blood was such an odd description right? for, for them, <laughs> right, it just didn't fit, from what you know. Um, give me them Shadow Lords.
4: Uh, Shadow lords are cold, proud, vengeful, and ruthless. Um, They are the dark warriors of the Guru. Uh, Mighty in battle and cunning in peacetime, the shadow lords follow the path of ambition and conquest wherever it leads. Their courage and tenacity are unquestioned, but neither is their arrogance, and the shadow lords will stop at nothing less than total command of Guru and human alike. Although they do not care to admit it, more than one member of this clan has been lured to the worm by the promise of power. And then that gives us the silent striders.
3: Most mysterious of the guru, the silent striders hold no permanent homes, but wander from cairn to cairn and throughout the urban wilderness and spirit realms as they choose. Travel is their existence. And few know, and few know the secrets of both the mortal and spirit lands like they do. They are a laconic tribe and little is known about them. Yet they in turn always seem to know when events are about to take place.
1: All right, DJ the Kings, the Silver Fangs.
2: In the annals of the Guru, the Silver Fangs hold a prominent place. They possess the purest and most rarefied lineage of the Guru, and have acted as the aristocracy and paragons of the Guru through the ages. Find a mighty wise hero and a wise sage or a creative virtuoso in the Garu epics, and often not the mythic figure will be a Silver Fang. But in recent years, strange malady stalks a noble line. Fewer and fewer children are born into them, and those that are often on display disquieting traits that other Guru have only recently dared to call madness. Though pure and beautiful on the outside, sickness slowly rots at the core of the guru's greatest lords.
1: And then we have the enigmatic Stargazer tribe. Mystic spiritualists and contemplators, the Stargazers roam the world seeking enlightenment and attunement to Gaia, perhaps the most in tune with their inner nature. The Stargazers act as protectors against the worm in the dark and lonely places of the world. In this, they are unexcelled, as their understanding of their bodies and spirits allows them to perform Lupine martial disciplines <clears throat> Lupine martial disciplines and feats of will unknown to other guru. Uktena.
0: Uktena uh, are sly, reticent, and devious. Uktena certainly understand more of the ways of the occult and the spirits than most other guru, but to what use they put their knowledge is less certain. Their moods and rituals are secret and dark, conducted in shadowy places, some wonder if the Yukten are not already, in fact, turned to the worm, as the Yukten refuse to discuss their personal business or beliefs. It is not an easily answered question. Only superstitious fear, backed up by the formidable magic might, keeps such tribes as the Get Offenders from gaining more forceful answers.
4: And Mike, the uh, Wendigo. Great ghosts of the deep forest, the Wendigos once ran free across the face of North America, as did the Native American tribes from whence they took their human flock. Masters of survival, spirits, and war, the Wendigos were nonetheless nearly exterminated by the genocide of both the wolves and people of the continent when the Europeans landed on American soil. The tattered remnants of the tribe now lair in the deep Canadian taiga, uh, where they struggle unceasingly. To win back the lands that were theirs. And we have this
1: uh, an interesting group, right, to say the very least. Um, more than enough to give us an idea of what we're talking about. It's okay if you didn't memorize every bit, uh, if you're just tuning in or just learning about Werewolf. Uh, but for those who've known Werewolf all the way up to its modern uh, incarnation, it's a little different. At least at least I found. Uh, in particular, when it starts describing things like, well, the Shadow Lords. The Shadow Lords seem a little more glorious in this backtell. Just a little bit. Like, they weren't quite sure where they are going to put them up in that pecking order. The get seem ever more brutal. Like, uh, like maybe the wrong fraternity got to be the guru at this point, <laughs> <laughs> just by the description, right? And uh, that's, that's sort of how it,
0: it, it gets me. painted way worse in the next section. Yeah.
1: Right. It's, it's something to see. So, um, what I'm saying is is that there was some flack this book got from back in the day, because it was people's first take on it, and we're seeing why. You know, some of this just didn't get taken well. Um, but enough on that. Uh, in here, though, let's talk about the, the leaders. In here, it talks about that the uh, question of leadership is very important to Guru. Uh, they're descended from two species of social creatures. I use that line because you got to understand, the Guru do have alpha leadership. There, there is a way of being in the alpha position without killing each other. And they have almost an instinct to do it, much like wolves do. And there are fights for dominance. And they do get to do that sort of elaborate process because of the social hierarchy system they got going on. Um, Nick, did you find anything unique beyond that though?
0: I didn't really have anything that stuck out to me as odd in this or, uh, so, or, or strange.
1: So what they had in here is that it's unique. I feel like you're game. getting at
0: something. Yeah.
1: So, well, it's leadership in general, right? It's, it's wet and a whistle building up. So, um, what we have here is that the group's whole alpha, of course, you have that in dominance play still there, but it's more elaborate than that because you have different auspices, you have different purposes in a group. You're, it's, it's the same structure that you see in a pack. You're going to see that end up being in a sept to get more elaborate. Uh, as you know, obviously, there's an alpha of a sept and a beta of a sept and all sorts of positions in a sept position. And if we recall, a sept yep. is actually the social gathering of people in an area. But in a pack, it's streamlined. In a pack, we have an alpha. That's that. And we follow that alpha, and we could say there's a beta if you like. Some people do, but really, what the alpha says goes, because we're out there to get something done. We're out there to do something, and you know our totems there to unite us, and that's what we do. But the typical process that guru follow is is a is an amalgam sometimes uh, of that meaning. If it is a situation calls for the strongest amongst them, the strongest warrior amongst them will stand forward uh, to meet that challenge. However, if wordplay gets involved, there is something to be a negotiation of a type then the alpha knows to take a back seat and let that new alpha step forward. So the warrior takes a back seat. Then the one who's best at talking will step forward. Yep. If it's a spiritual nature, the fear will step forward. That's their or their shaman. If you need help putting that together, uh, will come forward and, and they will step forward and be that alpha for that. And what this makes is that for any given situation, the pack is all, or the sept is all because the sept will have obviously your top, top fighter, your top beta, your top alpha, you know, et cetera. That's all represented there at the uh for them as well. Unique. It's completely different for those of you who are used to, well, a typical vampire game. Vampire, it's all about the individual self. Whereas here, the guru are almost like in a, it's their own being, right? Like every different part serves the whole, and, and they're needed to do that. And it's, that's pack established. That's also still a, was a mold, eh, melding is the term, uh, the lupine world uh, with the human world. You know, that concept of sharing, that's, that's new to a lupine who don't think of it as that. Instinct tells them what is what and how they're going to behave. But you have those human elements as well uh, that, are, that are go in there because you could challenge someone who thinks, I'm the greatest warrior because I could defeat anyone. However, if we're in a time of peace and your warmongering is just, you know, destabilizing the Sept, whereas a wolf pack might sit there and say, well, they are the strongest, that human side gets to step forward and go, well, let's see him challenged and removed. And if you got a better warrior who thinks they could do it that is peace-minded, well, there you go. And so you still have that level of politics. But we're about to see. Politics is not a simple thing amongst werewolves. You know, they're not inherently devious, but these guys, because they or these guys and girls, they have 13 tribes all vying for what? Territory, protecting Gaia, battling the worm, and fighting against the end. To that end, you have some calling themselves kings, you have some who saying, our land was stolen. You have others even come on the top saying you're all weak. And if you can't handle on your own too, then you weren't worth being a guru in the first place. Some say it's peace. And even at the, what we just read, what sung to me the most that relates to the material, there should be one tribe, right? By definition, sounds like the children of Gaia were the ones that fit the bill of everything it was talking about in the beginning with all that. We're dying in the ecosystem and Gaia needs to be healed and defend her and peace needs to happen. Sounds like they had it going on. What do you guys think of that?
4: Well, I mean, it's curious to me. Like, I, I haven't read it. I have not found it in some werewolf book yet. But I would definitely be interested to see if there was some narrative, right? Or or lo- clear lore-based jumping-off point where we're not all Garu anymore, right? Because for the, for the vampire players, we have our antediluvians. We know that we got clans because we got all of these... Uh, children who were made by the first vampire and the clans that survived from ancient before. uh, Now they have names and we, we ascribe them to some old vampire, right? I'm, I'm not a hundred percent clear on where the the division was that said, well, okay, we need, we need to split up ourselves and this is our ethos. I don't think there was
0: ever a need, but I mean, like, like draws to like i mean that's 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 how tribes are right tribes are social gatherings of people uh, you could be born into a tribe but really your tribe isn't really known to you until after that rite of passage in which you're accepted into a tribe right so it's a uh, it can be a, a, a birthright in some tribes like lineages are super important to say the uh the uh fangs. but to a bonar you're not in that tribe unless you belong with them right it's like a you know you you either belong or you don't kind of thing. So I wouldn't say that uh, that tribes were, were, you know, demanded from high. It was, it was more of just uh, philosophies that coalesced in groups of people, and then eventually there were 13.
2: That leads me to believe something else, right? So let's take a look at it from the politics of how it's being presented here. And um, everything that was mentioned before, especially with the tribes, is interesting because, of course, this is the first edition of the book. First thing that I... I you know, I, I kind of let it slide before when we were kind of going through descriptors. But if you've noticed, how many more descriptors regarding tribes does it say that somehow, some way, every other tribe believes one another fell to the worm and or has been influenced by the worm? Like to just throw complete shade on each other just because. And, and this is where you start seeing politics starting to rise as well, because if might makes right. If my tribe is better than your tribe, then instinctually, rather than take a look at it from a sub point of view, it's very insular. There's a very huge insider portion to it that you see with this. And I think, too, the, the most macro effect that you'll probably end up looking at it from is from a set position because you'll never see it on a wider scale outside of it. So when it comes to politics, it definitely does become an inner politic, inner city, uh, intersection type of ordeal. Um, so to me, this is new and refreshing. But at the same time, you could see where running this game is, is all instinct. It, it's just other wolves nipping at each other left and right one way or another.
1: And I, and I'd say I'd say yes and no to that I think you're on the right track but uh, I'm gonna ask a couple questions here and the, the thing is Mike that you mentioned where does it mention they all had it they described in this book flat out even like last last pod we were talking about it too where it says they all descended from one tribe that's where they came from we're talking thousands of years ago they ran around and were made to do one thing and that was to keep the worm in check that's it right yep. Gaia had them as her protectors boom done and they were all doing that job however mankind, started jumping leaps and bounds the moment they discovered agriculture. So the moment they discovered that they didn't have to run out and hunt and gather all the time and thus risk themselves and separate and become, well, manageable, right? Because a lot can happen to you when you start doing that. But it's a lot safer being in one spot and growing from there. Um, once that happened, they did the same thing. And so the question becomes, well, if they're your breeding stock, and top of that which you stop from from growth, um, what what does happen with them? Now, they don't get all into that, but you can think about that a moment. If I was this one big werewolf tribe and I sat here and one group of people I learned uh, still enjoy the, the migration and kind of taking off and doing their thing and whatever, but we still got to watch them. We got the Impergium. Naturally, our leaders assigned a couple packs to go watch them and do just that. Curb them. Yeah. Make sure they don't get too bad. And so that might have been your first generation or idea behind the Silent Striders. Wherever they go, you stick with them. And whatnot, and we're about to understand how they how they meet to do that when we get a little bit more into the politics here. But that that kind of tells you that that over time, uh, dealing with the mortals and then deciding that they weren't going to do the imperium anymore, that's when things fell apart, right? That's really when they make kind of like their first mistake as guardians, and uh, or could they even stop it? That's probably the better question, because because why did they decide that hey this is a bad idea? Let's not do this anymore. Now, to us humans, we might sit here and go, man, yeah, that would suck if we had Guru lording over us and killing us if we were overpopulated. But everyone could sit here and say, you understand how an ecology works, an ecosystem works, excuse me. And uh, because of that, you know what happens if you have an overabundance of anything. You know, and a species dominance does deplete an ecosystem. And that's an ecosystem. So that's exactly what, uh, what humans did and what are doing. And that's a driving point of this game. But here in World of the Apocalypse, they say the worm is the fuel behind mankind bringing out this imbalance and winning with humans, like kind of just like tongue-in-cheek behind the humans nudging them to greater and better things, saying it wasn't me, look at them. They're the ones who want glass houses and concrete homes. We didn't do that. They're the ones who want to spit bullets and use silver and kill you. That ain't me. Now I stick to the big, huge creatures you could easily attack and kill. We got a relationship. Don't worry about that. And that's the corruption piece of the worm. Tyrant to the mortals, corruptor to the guru. And no one knows where to stand on it. And when you're not immortal, and you can't remember back to where the first grew and how they handled it, your ancestors, or it's very difficult to get that info without the telephone spiritual game, you're fresh and new to the blood, and you're the kind of the rebellious type to question the old ways and how we're going to handle it now. There's constant mistakes generation after generation that go into there too that you got to take into effect. So what they're saying is, after all that stuff being considered, we now have the 13, or what we have here. And wherever they were at in the world... This is their mindset that is held that is, that is that's how they're presented. They, they don't even say it's good. They don't know any different, as Nick said. they're They're born to it. these are their ways. this is how it is. And the only guardians they have to even note this, remember are totems, right? For well, why they're even tribes is that every totem is chosen uh, of these particular tribes, like take one to go is is a guardian that that sits there for the one to go itself. And since there's being a teacher and everything and his power and they agree to serve and well, no serves the term they agree to honor and respect and the totem gives, you know, gifts and benefits to them. And that's and yeah. just how it goes. And every tribe does the same thing, you know, and every totem is reflected in the tribe, but the tribes reflected in the totem. So you begin to wonder why wouldn't a totem give them the up and up and what happened before? Well, if you don't know to ask and are just learning or just taking, are you not mimicking what the humans do? in all the rhetoric that they're saying, which makes this very curious to me,
4: raises another question: Why don't we Fireland. have? Any, why don't we have any more tribes? Right? You know how? Um, and I, I forgive me for continuing to analogize to vampire, right? But you know how eventually some vampire decides he's going to do some special thing, and eventually his behavior, um, what his beast learns, uh, leads to changes in the blood that become permanent. And they show up in the children we have more exceptionally powerful spirits than we do tribes. Um,
0: That's a good question. As Bob said earlier, there were many, many, many more tribes, but this is the time of the apocalypse and the prophecy is starting to become fulfilled. And this is all that is left of what was once the great guru nation, right? We're in the dying times, or were there? Why aren't there more tribes? There were, their ways are forgotten, their totems cast aside, and uh, and and now we're in this 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 poor poor moment that we're in now.
1: It's it's a great way to put it. I mean, that's that's absolutely the angle it comes from. And but Mike also got to remember with that they're not vampires. These are werewolves. They're born with instinct. They're born with understanding a place. In the world that was made for them. Almost as if to say, the, the way this is, is, Gaia does not make more than she needs. Right? Keep that in mind. If Gaia is a force of all creation, period. Whether you be in space or on the Earth. And she's responsible, this, this energy. Then that energy only has so much that it chooses to, to let out. Apparently. Because otherwise, why wouldn't it have Grand Defender for every worm entity that's there? And if you look at this game from the level of a, of a Greek tragedy... The gods are, are fickle, right? And it's not the tribes that are the heroes of the game. It's the players. So you're in a time of the apocalypse where all the heroes are just now born, and those heroes are the ones who play your game. They are meant for greatness, as outlined from the very first book. Yep, they're, they're the ones who defy it. So it is the storyteller's job to write that challenge to be great and the players to rise to that challenge as one, as a pack to kind of answer some of this. But that's why you don't have every pack in the world or every tribe in the world because these tribes, as has already been pointed out by DJ, they're shady. There is no tribe without its fair share of, of muck on its hands, right? Every one of them has a, has a bad thing. We could go through it uh, real quick, and we will, right? Let's, let's, let's be different, and because it's quick. Black Furies, they're one-gender focused. Right? You have to know that that's a detriment to any form of population boom. Yep. Right. That's that's really what it's pointing out. That yes, there has been a lot that has been done to the female gender. Uh, the worm has made it that way. It chose them to pick them apart under the false lie of weakness. That's what it did. It chose to do it. Now, why the Black Furies? They're warlike. They will take it to the hilt. It knew how to tip that over. And if you look at the Geta Fenris, they were card-carrying misogyny material. Like, they knew that as the Black Furies fell, the Get Offenders were just considered weakness if they ever ever failed to do anything, right? The Black Furies and the Get Offenders would be at each other's faces, basically. Because the Get only see strength. They do not accept weakness. And the weaker of the sex since history, out of mankind, has always been women. So the Get were going to do that to begin with, but it knew how to sew that, that very appearance to make them look villainous, and indeed they are for that, because of that uh, that preferential view, uh, denies the greatness of the other tribes, uh, or females, period, so it looks like. Now, the Black fairies all female, you may think that's, that's only as bad, but remember, we're not in the Revised where you reveal some secrets as to why these choices were a little smarter, but those are two big weaknesses that are cultivated, there's stereotypes for it. The Fianna... They might as well have called—I won't say the term, but we'll just say that they sit here as skilled singers. They seem schizophrenic. They drink all the time. Happy go lucky rustabouts. So they don't—they don't get anything done, <laughs> right? Like what? What? What are you defending when that's your life the entire time, right? Children of Gaia, the perception of weakness because you are coddling weakness, right? Me and Nick went over the fact that the most metis that are in in any tribe are in the Children of Gaia yep. because the Children of Gaia adopt them. They don't want them dead, all of a guy. And that's that's what they try to do. Well, if you're running around trying to trying to take care of every... Honestly, you're trying to save everybody. Who's going to save you? Is what it comes down to. How do you get anything done? And that's sort of their demise. The Bonars, they have accepted the lowest position in rank to live amongst the mortals, so it seems, and are called smart, they could survive in the streets, and that's great, but they have lost their luster. Right, where's the great werewolves that they once were? And what does that mean about them? They might survive the apocalypse, but they also seem to be the ones stacked to sell themselves out to the worm to do it. And that's it's not gonna help Guy at all. Yeah. Glasswalkers, when you give yourself the technology, you might as well sign up to the wild or to the weaver. Do what the mortals do. They almost have bred themselves out completely of any of the lupine heritage that is definitely part of who they are, two worlds they're supposed to be, and that's they're on they're on that level. But they're designed that way, right? Gaia has everybody else, but the Glasswalkers are pretty much supposed to be those who dance too close to the Weaver. The Red Talons, same thing. They have, except to the reverse, so they dance with nothing but Lupine. And they tend to the wild places of the world. The wild has a firm hold on them. And they still want to run around and kill mortals, and Rumored still do. Is their thing, and they're not supposed to be doing that. Uh, but they're given in to a level of violence because they see uh, the wolves being killed in a world by mankind is a call to war. They feel they're still at war. And that's, that's a lupine view. How would you not have that? Shadowlords sit back and want power. Cold, proud, vengeful, and ruthless. This is the one group that when anybody tells me, how do Shadowlords just sound like Lysandra? Yeah, they do. Welcome to, to the White Wolf storytelling system. Right? There's going to be some similarities, right? Just yeah. like we're going to get to the Silverfangs, they sound like who?
0: They sound like I'm
4: talking about. I'm not just talking about I'm right. Very, very <laughs> <inspiring>. <laughs>
0: no, that, that look on your face tells me you just lied to my face. How dare you <laughs> Lied to my face, Michael.
1: Now, and they do dangerous things here. So because we you know the silver fangs, hubris is their, is their weakness. And they know that because madness is becoming their thing. And uh, folks say it's due to inbreeding. They seek to be purebred and refuse to not. And yeah. because of that, madness is their, is their inheritance. And the Shadow Lords are looking to constant foes for that. Um, Silent Striders, though. Silent Striders are the one tribe that I think throws you a, a curveball. You hear about them. You read about them. You're trying to understand why is it that they're, why are, why are they even guru? Right? There's a lot to them. You don't really get that 100% here, but you're trying to figure out if these guys are meant to roam and don't have a place, and we're talking about seps and holy places to guard, and they're 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 just different. They're the oddest group. And you can't quite get their Achilles heel even when you read about them in tribes, even to the modern, you really, it will get more to that later, but the silent striders are the one where I was
4: like, "Yeah, maybe they're okay. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe they're what happened. Well, I mean, to me, the silent striders seem like they're supposed to be the glue, right? They seem like partners to the children of Gaia, in a sense. Um, it's a different role, but they seem like the go-betweens, like like the the tribe that is positioned at the, as the mediator because they have no home and because they tend to be experts in communication and fast travel and, and that sort of thing, maybe the, the That's role- using advanced
1: knowledge. What this book tells yeah. you? Like, that, I don't remember. Stick to this book.
4: Fair enough. All right. There's, a, there's
1: There's 30 minutes I can add to what I just said if we want to get into everything. Just right. this book? This book's like, yeah, they do stuff. They're here. Because if
0: we tell everybody about what happens in the future books, why even do the future books? Right. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I think you know, for you know every other tribe up to this moment in time as we're starting to describe them at least has an identifying purpose to them, whether for good or bad. You know, they, every Greek hero has something tragic about them or you know weakness. The silent striders, because they have no home, my question is, how are they even relevant? What makes them a tribe to even begin with? And I think that's that's what kind of lets me know like, all right, so what? So what about the silent striders? They where's their legacy of at all
0: that is that is their curse in my opinion the the people who have no home are the homeless they'll, they'll never be comfortable anywhere they are unfortunately cast out aside forced to roam around like they can get along with other tribes you know and and go to their steps and and be the the storm crows and heralds of things coming forward but at the end no one will ever be happy to see them if if Silent Striders show up as a portent of things to come. It's never a welcome to have one show up, right? Because that just means that, you know, shit is all over your fan.
4: How often awesome is the and, news good news, right?
1: And then you get to the stargazer and it just makes me chuckle, right? <laughs> <The> spiritualist <laughs> contemplators, they seek enlightenment, lupine martial disciplines. Yeah. So, yeah, one day someone will have to sit down with me and tell me the the mixing of instinct. You know, how instinct stacks up to discipline. Like which, which I don't one. think
0: it does, sir. I think they fight their rage at every turn, which is so, probably, this should be a weakness. With puppy
1: martial arts, the puppy we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all the great
0: stuff that rage does for you. But, like, they
1: intentionally just want nothing to do with it. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's, uh, it's Kung Fu, the puppy continues. And uh, it's, it's all right. I mean, that's been the Stargazer's lot forever since I've known this game. And uh, the silent protector against the worm. Quiet chain Kane was a stargazer every time I think of this tribe. And if you don't know that, it's because you're not me. So um, definitely look it up. Kung Fu is a legend and it continues. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, the Utena are described as the devil. They're the yeah, devil. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's because they uh, they keep dirty secrets and they don't tell anybody about them.
3: It
1: didn't even say they were native. just said they're the devil. <laughs> Sly, me. reticent, and devious They know occult, they know spirits They are demons
4: <laughs> Small beady eyes
1: Play them, they're fun <laughs> Right, that's that's what I kind of get from it uh, yeah. But then they throw all that towards the Wendigo Wendigo are as everyone knows them You know, and I, that, that's where I was like Huh, hmm, alright We know the Wendigo, if you don't know Remember Brentron Reddit, go back there And get it, I don't, you know, I don't feel we have to rehash that too much Other than to say Um, Here represents a tribe directly linked to what's going on in the world as mankind seeks to eliminate them entirely. Uh, Even more than the Red Talons, I argue. Where the Red Talons have conservation efforts and whatnot trying to bring lupines back in most, honestly, a lot of places trying to keep the wolves around and doing what they can. uh, You don't really... All I gotta say is oil pipelines. And you get the idea that the Wendigo aren't really winning back shit. Right? For what they... (laughs) For what they're trying. That worm is beating it up and doing it well and doing it with bureaucracy. And uh, that that makes it uh, almost a fight not worth or not capable of winning. But that's why you rage now, right? And um, so that's that's just pointing that out, Mike. When you have tribes like that and where it ends up, it's almost like it's saying, um, this is the problems we present you. It's up to you to struggle out of them With with your characters, right? Tribal politics is a thing. Clean up your tribe. That could be a noble quest and a goal for a character you know that you bring to the pack and they want to do it too. And there's there's a ton of that in the storytelling sections as well where you know it's what what are you running a campaign for? And it can't all just be about the worm though it certainly could. Um don't make it all politics though you we we've, we've talked enough on politics here already and you know there could be a ton with that or rather I should say the potential politics of why is this to that. To what that whistle though and to move it forward a little bit. Uh, we talked about leadership and more or less how the, the int- intricate dominance plays can happen and, of course, are there. Totems we briefly mentioned, I'm going to leave them as light-touched light, light touched anyway because uh, at this point, even, we haven't fully gotten into what a totem is other than a spiritual guardian for a tribe. I'd like to leave it there uh, until we open up more defined as we get down in this book uh, with totems as a whole. Uh, Ronin we briefly talked about, but let's just uh, rehash it again. Uh, Nick, what's a Ronin?
0: A Ronin? is somebody who does not have a pack um, and I I see the look on your face so I know what you've done here and everyone else can see it too <laughs> there's no hiding anything on the camera but yes a, a Ronin is a uh, is a werewolf that does not have a pack they they wander by themselves um, almost cast out and and shunned from from guru society sometimes a Ronin is made, uh, because they just can't exist with a uh, with another social group. Another reason is sometimes as a as a right of punishment they get cast out. One of the reason is they're out there alone, and that's a Ronin, and it's not a cool place to be, like in a Kurosawa film. It's uh, the Ronins are uh, they're they're extremely extremely uh, crippled, not having a pack with them.
1: And I would argue defeats the purpose of the game. Uh, There's a lot of players who enjoy playing Ronin. I'm I'm just going to say, sure, it's there. It's your game at home. Do your thing. But the pack's where a lot of this is built for. And the Ronin make excellent villains or anti-heroes. And a lot of time good NPCs or the occasional group, right? If it were a LARP and you played a Ronin, I got nothing to say to you. Obviously. I mean, it fits. You could do it in LARP. Um, But we don't need to say that. Right here, they paint them as being whoops, I did something wrong, or I I don't get along with this, or I don't agree with the whole guru thing, I'll make my own way. How does this person not fall to the worm? Right? How does that subtle call not fall, be a part of them, or they just go dormant and lose the wolf altogether? That's.
0: Sometimes walking the spiral is falling down the spiral.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or getting pushed. All right. So, uh, with that, we can't talk politics without talking about the litany. Now, the thing to understand about guru laws and lore, none of this is ever written down. No one person has the Book of Gaia epic and written for everyone to handle, and they hand it out with flyers. That's never nowhere how. Since the dawn of guru, and uh, they've done only by a verbal tradition. You yeah. learn what this stuff is. You memorize what this is. You're told what it is. And the litany, they have a an expectation. You know, everyone should know it but it's the judges or the philodoxes who should memorize it. Who absolutely need to know this back and front. And uh, the reason for that is simple. Uh, the litany is is everything, right, for the for the guru in terms of a guiding principle. Uh, so what we're gonna do is uh, kinda just tell you what it is. Uh, and what I mean by that is we're just gonna read uh, what some of these laws are, and I wanna preface it with, if you're used to learning about the traditions of the Camarilla, this is similar. This really is. This is like the werewolf version, though. They're completely different in terms of what they do, but there's a body of governing, is what I'm pointing yep. out. They're not just let loose into the world and wreak havoc. Uh, to start it off, uh, Nick, what is the first uh, first law?
0: Well, to, to really get to this, and what I think is, is, is so cool about this section, is that it, it shows two sides of every law, right? It shows... The ideal principle of what it should be, and then kinda the, the really the reality of the way things are interpreted. So you get the, the hard rotten structure and then the this is how it's usually interpreted. But it all depends on tribes and seps and things like that and who's discerning what. But the the first one, of course, is Garu shall not mate with guru, right? Because the offspring, of course is a metis. And that's a, that's a grievous sin. The the point of, uh, of mating is to produce offspring, to continue the fight uh, that continue the war. And, uh, and any way of doing that is, is a grievous sin and tantamount to, uh, the, the worst of crimes. Right. But, uh, in modern days, not so much. You have tribes like the children of Gaia that don't see it as the worst offense ever, uh, though a serious offense, Probably not something someone should die over, but other tribes might not see it that way.
1: The The big point here uh, that I that I saw is just a glaring, oh man, this is why this is why we were kind of screwed. You know, that in recent years, the widespread availability of birth control makes it to where many <laughs> guru ignore this tradition altogether. Yep. Right? Where the elders are like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? They're like, yeah, you know, plan B condoms man get get with it you know because uh, they hear stories constantly of like you know the great arun who fell in love with the philodox but they're of the same pack they can't they want to but they can't uh cl- clue the violins they're like or add a condom mm-hmm. right is what is what they said <laughs> and suddenly this isn't a problem but to the elders like, are like uh you no right obvious and you might be thinking well why is that well nick already said it is the guru have a responsibility to
0: Yeah.
1: 100%. And there's a lot that's not said here. What does that say about LGBTQ, right? That's thrown out there, is that is that a thing? Should should they should they exist, do they exist? The answer is yes, they exist. They're not highlighting that that's a problem. What they're saying is, is that um, that's fine. You can't produce a metis, right? If you're gay, can't produce a metis, but you need to go then jump with the lupus and, or, and or try be to gay.
0: But not with another guru,
1: it's you know whatever it is but, well it doesn't say it's it says here's the thing about this and the point of contention thou shalt you know guru shall may not mate with guru you can't mate if it's not opposite right mating produces offspring, that's the point of it that's the, yep. directly what they're referring to yep yeah well if you're if you're getting out of producing a child unless you're adopting one right and at that point we're in the weeds, right yeah it's far away from this oral tradition. Because let me tell you, since the dawn of the litany, there have been gay relationships, perfectly acceptable. They're they're not of the worm or anything silly like that. They're just pointing <laughs> out this this law points yeah. out that you have a duty, is what it says, yeah. and they point this out. Hamid, werewolves sometimes go. Okay, great. I relationships one thing, but I'm gonna go to uh, run with this pack for a while. I'll be back, and you know, mother comes back with a litter of cubs or pups or whatever is like, all right, we got to raise them and here they are. Or maybe she doesn't do that depending on what it is and how would you handle that? That's another story you can get into of how it works because she felt a sense of duty to do it given to her by Gaia. Maybe not. Maybe you get lucky. Who knows? But that's, that's fine. What this is saying is what you don't do is run out to the store and get plan B and, and, and settle up with some magnets and say, all right, no problem. Cause you're still not, you're not helping anything. You're not doing <laughs> anything with it, man. That's like the worst case scenario. Um, and the second one kind of makes it interesting and stickier, no pun intended. Combat the worm wherever it is found and wherever it breeds. Now, they were born, the Gru were made to fight the worm. They were here to battle the epic giant worm creatures of back in the day in Yore. They were here to stop the corruption of the mortals and that they failed in that. And whatever worse comes and they're they're designed to stop Gaia from being ravaged directly by the obvious, sinister, and tyrannical. That's what they're here to do. However, in practice, many of the group have forgotten or purposely given up on their mission. If I were to tell you today you were born a werewolf and you're listening to this, you're not going to come with your crazy Uncle Bob. i got to take you in the woods, and uh, I'm going to help you through your first change because something's going to happen. Hopefully you live through it, and uh, then it's going to get crazier. i got to take you back to the Sept after you've uh, bloodily killed something, most likely, or destroyed something. I tell you to calm it down a notch. Bring your schizophrenic-crazed self, because that's how they make it seem your first change going through is like, and bring you to the Sept, where some f- for Uncle Nick's going to tell you, all right, now that you're here, get together with a bunch of other people just went through a change, and go slay a dragon, and if one of you makes it back alive. You did good. Have at it. You're going to tell me. <laughs> right. You're going to tell me probably this. Wait a minute. I just learned that I'm a werewolf, I like can shape change. You're sending me off, yeah, no problem. And you're gonna run, 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 run all the way. Entirely. Gone. Why are you gonna risk it? Exactly. Why, why, live, why waste your life? Fight what? Fight the worm? Are you crazy? You said the worm's this big monster thing, killing everything, and nukes and oil spills. And I gotta jump, I gotta be an echo terrorist. I'd sign up for this. Bob, I fight the worm every day. I
0: got a recycling bin and everything.
4: i mean that's the political aspect right what's fighting the worm look like from one tribe to another
0: that uh that's the part that like tripped me out about this whole section i was like how is not everyone not like going oh get the worm get the worm and i'm just like i thought that was like the whole point of the game but as bob said that's not for everybody
1: not just because every guru is born to war doesn't mean that people born are not a coward or they're not selfish right the worm exists and yep. as it points out, that homin nature, that's the weakness. That's the door, right? The ability of being the, most, the smartest of the species, the most adaptable, high intellect, is the ability to think everything through. When you can think everything through, you also can be tricked. You also can be seduced, right? There are other pathways that you can go. And that's, and that's what this is all about. And you see how insidious the worm is. It does its job very thorough and very, very well. Often, it doesn't have to do anything, right? When you're battling for space... When you're battling, in other words, territory, and not just as an animal sense, as us as humans, you know, if you live in the UK, check your prices for an average home these days, right? It's a, it's a, are you kidding me? And, uh, that's, uh, that's getting that way for many places in the States too, the world. And, uh, because of that, you're competing for food and resources, uh, competing for, for damn near everything just to stay alive because of population. And that seems to be what the drumming keeps beating back and back too, And when you're the worm, you don't lose because you know it's inevitable that's the most insidious thing about this game the apocalypse is highlighting well you can't do anything about it unless you play a game like this where the players may rise to do something but is it enough question mark big question mark Yep. because that st is probably going to keep the game going um but who wants to jump in and talk about respect the territory of another
3: yeah i will uh, so the the next part of the uh, litany is just what Bob said: respect the territory of another. This portion of the litany was changed in the last few centuries as human society had spread to the point that uh, urinating one's territory wasn't uh, wasn't that practical, right? Instead, any visitor or immigrant to the area would have to introduce themselves by doing like a, a howl of introduction. Uh, this would be uh, a recitation of their name, their lineage, their tribe, their totem. Uh, I would assume also the pack name if you're with a pack, unless you're Ronin, but whatever. Um, this is this is also changed more recently, however, especially with the Glasswalkers who might just, uh, you know, call someone. Or uh, the book at this point actually says "fax," and when I read that, I laughed because uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining some like elder werewolves standing around a fax machine waiting for it to print out, like, "Oh, Retribution's call will be here in a week." <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing that actually had me scratching my head when I read this was uh, the the last sentence. Many younger guru ignored this portion of the litany altogether as fascist. It's a free country, ain't it? I'll go where I damn well please. And I was just thinking, like, I feel as though... This seems as though any guru who said that would have, like, almost no instinct of their own. Because I feel as though for any, any half-wolf or part-wolf Person, right? There is those instincts that they can't deny. Instincts that we as people don't have. And I think that of territory, that would be one of the stronger ones. I'll,
1: I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Would you not agree that if we told you that there was a well, let's just be hypothetical. There was a life endangering virus that's floating around that requires you to wear a mask when in public and maintain a certain distance. That even if you didn't believe that such a thing were true, you do have a right to defend your fellow countrymen and wear a mask anyway because you were told it's there so that just in case you weren't somebody carrying that and passing it around to other people? That's what we call too real. <laughs> right? But I mean, but, but but those are the people that say it's a free country, ain't it? I'll go where I damn will, please. Fascist. It, <laughs> is it? Or do you need to slow down, pump the brakes and realize all we're saying is you may not have it but you may be asymptomatic so wear it so you're not walking around killing people right because that's where it could lead to we're not we're not saying you're sick we're saying just in case it's nothing such in your face you move on you know the, the only problem can't see a smile and that's kind of what they're saying here with this just respect the territory of another other people live here it's not yours and just be sociable they didn't say you wouldn't be allowed in they're just saying check right do that sort of thing now I, could, I can give you more insight into it. Obviously, it's a territory. A sept is typically not a small place. Right? It's going to be yeah. like a nation, national park. It could be a sept. But the Cairn is the holy place of the sept that is definitely well guarded. And that's what it goes on. But um, that's what you have to look to. You know, if somebody comes onto your protectorate, which is even larger than the sept, if the sept is the place, the protectorate would be like uh, uh, the massive area where somewhere the sept sits on that is marked as their territory. And, you know, the moment you enter in that protector is when you do the how, because somewhere there should be a guardian pack roaming, ideally, if everything's healthy, to announce that they're there. This is why I laugh when it says the glass should email or even get <laughs> a smartphone to it. And you or we start texting each other, telling them we're here. Hey, stupid, what signal do you get out in the Adirondack Mountains? Right? <laughs> and, you know, just saying, like somewhere rural and rustic, probably the how is your best choice. Just saying. And, uh, and, and go with that, too. But this is written,
3: what year? Uh, 1991, 92. Brennan wasn't born. Yeah, I literally wasn't.
1: (laughs) So so we're there. Um, Because we're a little slow on the trigger, DJ, what about an honorable uh, surrender?
2: Uh, Well, to accept an honorable surrender, the purpose of this is, and hopefully speaking, is, this is the end time, folks. Garu are not as many as there were before. And so what you must also understand is that Garu are also part instinct. And uh, when sometimes creatures tussle, sometimes people don't come out the other end, or rather they won't. Um, and what the purpose of the Honorable Surrender is there to do is to ensure that um, you preserve as many warriors as possible. If you're if you're going to fight, at least have the decency to be able to go, like, I lose bare throat. And in more cases, often than not, um, no loss of face. No loss of face. You know, there might be a, a gain of renown for the victor, um, but knowing when to quit is important there. The reality of it, though, is as follows. When you start getting to other tribes, and this is why politics works its way in as it does, specifically when it gets to the Wendigo, the Silver Fangs, the Shadow Lords, and especially the get Offenders, there ain't no surrender. There is no surrender at all, and for better or for worse, when you bear that throat, it's because you're prepared to make sure that the throat gets cut out, bit out, tore out, or what have you. Um, and you can see where this poses a problem, right? Um, and the reason I say that is because, as we so far, we've read through the litany, it is very malleable to the people that are uh, interpreting it and even though these laws are, are kind of put into place um, doesn't mean everyone follows them it's like trying to mitigate as best as possible and this is the one where you definitely see that uh yeah, you definitely have a hard line whether some people choose to follow it or not
0: I'd hate to be the poor fool who shows throat to a get or a shadow lord that's really yeah. rolling that's rolling fancy bones that day. You're <laughs> really hoping fits. for snake eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're really rolling them.
4: Um uh, Go Mike. Would would you so when I when I read the litany, I assume that it applies to relations between Garu. Do you think that this this particular tenet is supposed to apply to others?
1: Not at all. It's you absolutely know. not. This is the litany to the guru. Right, this is inter guru duels specifically, it's talking about, and this is in a game where uh, you know, I could challenge somebody, right? I could yeah. challenge the leadership, I could challenge to, to learn a right, I can get into it. We got that rage, there's different styles. The freaking silver fangs are gods of, uh, of these challenges, which is why they're even mentioned in there. They're slick, super slick people when it comes to that, and uh, the shadow alerts too are their rivals in it. Things get dirty, right. And uh, the tribes they mention are powerful warriors that are not afraid to stand up and do that challenge. You need to preserve these warriors. Right? I feel this honorable surrender was thrown in because maybe back in the day we didn't have this and we were just executing uh, one another to have one person in a generation to be the top dog. When we could... Yes, we'll take the the runners up, please. They they could still teach others. What are you doing?
0: Bob, the breeding rights. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, right? (laughs) Here's... Here's the thing I love about the guru. You will never hear anybody, like, nowhere written where it'll be said. You know, I kind of just, when's it my turn to mate? Someone's going to go, like, today, get out there, work at it. We're dying, bye. Do it. What do you need, some clams? Get it done. I don't know what you got to (laughs) do. Just be sure if you're going to go the mortal route, you work through a relationship, you treat them nice and whatever, and ideally stick to kinfolk. What are you doing? Why? Ups the chances, okay? Just figure it out
0: i mean you gotta fight that worm because them child support payments woof.
3: <laughs> i can only imagine the gliss the glass walkers making a tinder for guru guru kinfolk someone would have made a killing with that but, uh, i'll save that for my next glass walker
1: tinder for kinfolk <laughs> yeah did you say you did not say what i'm not repeating that all right so we're Moving on, moving on. Well, you, you clearly heard something other than what I said, so all right. I said, move, please move let that go. <laughs> all right, so we're talking about submission. If we can challenge, if we can accept an honorable surrender, we know challenges are happening. What about submission to those above you in station? What does it mean by that?
3: Um, When the, well, if someone is an alpha, you honor their position. That's what that says to me.
4: Um, and, and, and not just not just an alpha, right? Like someone older than you. Right, Someone uh, higher than you in rank will get to rank. Someone who perhaps you've come to ask a favor of and you should act like you have some sense when grown folks is talking. Uh, now,
1: <laughs> I'm stopping you right there. That's what this is made for. Yep. This is made for people born in a household who didn't know that you, you're supposed to respect grandma, mima, and papa mm-hmm. are supposed to be able to ask you to do something you do it because they're older than you. Right. This is where that kind of starts itching in. There are many cultures that revere Uh, the elders amongst them, for their wisdom. They've been here longer, they got a lot going on, and you should listen to them. And I hear, you know, take care of them as you can. We'll get to that point in a minute. It's one of my favorite ones. Uh, But anyway, uh, but it says submission, though, to those above you in station. This is talking about I ask you do, and where's that line? I like how they put it in here. The group of is a system of renown and honor to dictate those above you in station. It's not just age, right? It's renown and honor determine that grand right, so thus their rank most likely is going to be up there. Uh, they are not a dictatorial people by any means, right? It's not a dictatorship. And, uh, but if uh, an elder makes a request of you, it is just that a request, a higher-ranking guru. And it most likely is obeyed unless you have a reason not to do it. And the reasons they give you where you have a right to refuse is if it uh, doesn't harm anyone or that came out wrong. If they actually do something that harms someone, you can refuse it. Right, I'm not gonna go and damage your rival because you, you hate him. It's dumb. I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're perfectly within your right, or if it'll bring shame on you or another guru, you're more than willing to you know take care of it. However, what's the reality, Nick? I,
0: to be honest, a lot of that kind of breaks down the same way you'd see that in in a military perspective. You take orders until you know it's it's clearly against what you're your military sir, like their purpose right the the part where it gets kind of shaky is kids don't like taking orders <laughs> right from anybody you get people like uh the uh like the bonars who are just not going to listen to anybody but themselves it's just the way they are it's the way they always have been and it's the way they're always going to be uh you get people like the stargazers who really have no concern for most of the things you have a concern for you'll Tell them to do something, they'll be polite, but they'll politely go do their own damn thing. <laughs> you know, it's like uh it, the, the part where this gets shaky is when you're dealing with shadow lords and silver fangs who rely on this system to make their seps
1: work. I it, that that's almost Sorry, you left me speechless with that, that as very good insight there. I was uh because you smashed the point, I didn't think we get to good job. Um, but the one thing I did get, I wanted to jump on is the fact that, okay, so do you feel that this book's dated material? This doesn't seem that this represents the now, though. I've seen the I think opposite. It,
0: I think it does. I, I think it represents the now because tradition is important in the Guru nation, right? That's the entire point of your philodox is to make sure that you maintain these old traditions and the way things were. Not necessarily to do them for the sake of doing them. Because you got to remember that tradition is tradition, but as a guru, we also have the uh, the, the need to change things, right? There's a there's a built in mechanism for change that we were talking about.
1: We're on and, the uh, same trail yeah. here. This, what this is saying, What I'm, my point is, what this is saying is that the me generation says, yeah, screw you. I don't have to do that, old man. That sounds very 90s, obviously. So it's written from like, we're both damn the man. I don't get that from now. Right. There's uh like, that's, that's almost, that's passe. Bob we older to now. that rebellious. So, well, it's not just that. Well, you might be, like, out of touch. I still hang out with a crowd that I'll see occasionally that has that hey, or watch that happen. I'm, I'm technically a millennial. It's, it, you technically need to, like, pay attention and not be an asshole when you're looking around and understand. <laughs> uh, because let me tell you, I've seen, I've seen, no, seriously, I've seen more people uh, pause to, like, have conversations with old people and, I hate even saying it. Our elders open doors for them. Uh, if asked, um, hanging out with them, chatting, just having conversations, like a cool thing to do. There's people just hanging out like they get it. And I've always felt that way, which is why I was like, oh, man, interesting. Maybe the worm's not winning so much in the real world. Just saying. And uh I do
2: have something on. to say about that, though. What? Because so, this is important, right? Notice how the way that it's phrased is they, they try not to be dictatorial. But weren't we just talking about leadership a couple pages ago? And how everyone should have a position in their pack, but more recently now than before, it has become a dictatorship. Especially when Alpha is just clamping down, especially when you're taking a look at it from a position of a Shadow Lord or a Silver Fang. I think you're know,
1: combining and, two different things, though. Make a distinction. Alpha so, is by instinct. When you mention Alpha in a pack, that's 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 what is, is the suppo- allegedly the best werewolf to lead that pack. On instinct. That's who it is. That's not
2: political. You're not right, when that but, starts out. So you're right when it starts out, but let's take a look at it from perspective of someone is using this law alone, right? Submission to those above you. You have that shadow lord who has gained enough renown by hook or by crook and managed to go ahead and hold on to it. Now they put himself in a position where they're like, this almost reads off like, I hate to use vampire analogy, respect the eldest blood above you. Now what are you going to do about it? You've essentially locked a younger person to place. And now I could see where from a political you standpoint. You lost me. The-
1: what do you mean? Like, they get renowned, and now what? They're supposed to just move to the side?
2: No, now now I get to, to pull my weight over you. Like, hey, young'un. You um, don't. Uh,
1: that's what you're missing. That That's what you got to, like, iron that out. If mm-hmm. I'm alpha
2: and you somehow get renowned, Like, I'm
1: alpha and I'm the Arun. And we just haven't been in a time to to be waging war to get all the glory I need. But you've been doing some duels here and there. You've been doing your little Phil efforts to see some things. Now you get enough renown to go up in a rank you still got to challenge me for my title for alpha. You don't get it just because your renown went up. Yep. Just because you accomplished more deeds, you got to come and beat me. You have to challenge my position. You don't, and now, now to be fair, that challenge can come out in many ways dictated by a master of the right, which we haven't got to yet. But if that master of the right goes, Oh, you think cause we've been chilling at this up and you've handled some ways and we honored you for that. Oh, now you're big in your britches. Yeah, sure. Go take them on. It's going to be a good fight. Nice fisticuffs. Good luck to you, Shadow. No, wait a minute. I haven't been trained to fight. I've been, you know, it, it's been decided. If if instinct isn't enough for you, you feel you want to step up because you got a couple attaboys and a panda in back from a spirit or two, he's right there. Go step in the ring. Yep. That's where I mean no, I I the reason why I stepped in is not to interrupt you and cut that down. It's because I know where that was going. And that's a distinction a lot of vampire players miss when they get to a werewolf. They assume because your number says three. And your alpha former's number says, two that you're greater. Well, that only works if it's in your pocket of tricks. Yeah. Right? When that challenge goes down. Everything revolves around that politic point
0: when it comes it's to it. It's kind of the same idea. Like, if you're at a moot and your theorist are just going to participate in a right and they're rank three and your alpha's rank two, to have your alpha storming around and be like, oh, come on, I did get invited to the right. I'm the alpha of this pack. Be like, well, you weren't invited, sir it's not in your that's not your thing
1: exactly exactly so definitely matters i'm sorry did did you have another point through that
2: no that that actually led directly to it um especially the way it's written so it always made me wonder if like okay well if this is the way it's written how does it come into effect so that clarified it for me
1: now i mean again that submission points that will throw you too right they're supposed to to know a thing or two about that like that might be a point for the elders to sort out too that's, that's yep. a great yep. political hook is what I'm saying, DJ, because like I'm sitting here going, I've never experienced it, but that'd be a lot of freaking fun to do. You know what I mean? To, to, on, on any side of that, to be the shady shaddler trying to get that position or be the noble <laughs> alpha who's like, bring it, bitch. Like, <laughs> you know, you want it? Come take it. Yeah. You know, that's uh, it's it's interesting how that would play out. But here's the one that's almost a MacGuffin here. I, might, I don't even know how to use that term. I'll stop that. We'll just say it I left my brain. This hit me odd. The first part of the kill for the greatest in station. This hit me odd because, to me, I often think of, well, all right, how this works is I'm the Alpha. My pack went and hunt. We took down the big kill. Um, I get to eat. I come forward, I get a full belly. Everybody else come and eat the remains. Why, I'm the Alpha, and I giveth or I eateth. And that's, that's what you get. However, in practice, this thing's kind of psychotic. Right? They talk about going and taking down like a big old... Uh, nexus crawler big old bane monster and it drops and like maybe a bunch of gold and some some special fetish items fall out and the alpha <laughs> walks forward and goes i'm gonna get that hammer i'm gonna get that axe i don't even know why i don't even use this stuff i'm a shooter myself but i'm gonna take those i'm gonna sell them for something else and oh here's a gold coin for you guys wink wink thanks that's the mean, practice
0: that's a dude who better watch where he sleeps <laughs>
4: I'm serious.
3: <laughs> this is he this not is this Shadow Lord's in his pack.
4: This yeah, tells he best not have
3: a Lord in his pack.
4: What that, <laughs> this this tells me what kind of leader I have. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a pack, right, the first part of the kill to the greatest in station, because one sort of alpha might say, "Hey, I'm I'm the alpha. Where's my Where's my uh, filet mignon off the back of this?" Uh, a steer which just ran down. But another might say, no 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 no, take the take the best part of this meat and we're going to take it back to the sept because I want to give respect to the person who gave us guidance before we went to do whatever the task was, uh, that that got us this kill. Um I I think this is a window. It's a window to leadership.
1: My favorite is the haunting quote it has to this where it says, "Us help you in battle, but my you are such a mighty warrior." And you have all the best fetishes. Surely you could defeat the other Nexus Crawler alone, right? <laughs> like, well, we're back here. Go ahead. Why? Because we're waiting for you to die and fall like River City Ransom Coins, right? You die. Cling, <laughs> cling, cling, cling. If you're too old, look it up. That's a great game. And uh, yep. that's how it'd be. Um, but uh, you shall show. Uh, you shall show. DJ, help me out. Read that for me, man.
2: Take this. You shall show respect for those below you in station. For all of you are of Gaia. Um, and specifically, Garu are ultimately pack-oriented beings, and while they realize that not everyone could be equal, they believe that all things of Gaia have some worth. Ultimately, the words, the world's protectors, after all, are considered noble ideal, and act as such a romantic knight. Garu who display a great deal of noblesse oblige, may gain renown. In reality, though, Shadow Lords are flipping fingers everywhere and paying lip service <laughs> to the best of this tradition, and would like to strike it from a litany if they could. Um, Bonars cyn- cynically just that, uh, since no one is below them, you know, they have no one to repay respect to. And most tribal conclaves will ignore younger Garu, heady with power and only half full form, who thoughtlessly abuse or memes a lesser being, such as a deer or a derelict. Um, but this to me is just. <laughs>
0: It, you know this was funny. written in here by like uh by some tribe to go directly at the Shadow Lords because they were just tired of like, you want us to come back into the fold? You put this line in the
1: litany right now. Like the, <laughs> the children or guy were walking away. You need to stop that beating up our me. tribe. The Shadow Lord's just <laughs> like fine. <laughs> or like the silver Fang grabbed the Shadow Lord, the child of guy. What do you mean you're leaving? We're breaking up, we're done. What do you mean, so abusive? You know what he's doing to us? And we're, we're done. We're, all right, fine. Fine, all of Gaia. All of Gaia. Break it up. Go in a corner. Uh, hey,
4: uh, Mike, what about this veil thing? Um, this is one of the ones that does not have like a separate reality set out for it in the book. Um, the veil shall not be lifted, period. Although there is a delirium, although you could just kill everyone, The principle is that we don't tell people what is going on. In the context of the apocalypse, we can't let the worm or mankind or any other nefarious entity know what we are doing. Uh, Per the text, the letter of the law, you violate this one, you die. It's just real clear cut. It's even short. It's short in the book. It's that clear, clean. Now I don't even see. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was uh, chopping you off. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't see how, unlike most of the the parts of the litany, I don't really even see how politics can play into this other than being like the difference between banishment and getting actual murdered. Because if you, if you lift a veil, that's
1: as the silver Fang. in a, in a successful game, a LARP, I might add, I did end up killing two people because of this. And I was a Philodox and, um, I won't tell you how, but we'll just say that someone got caught on camera with their little Get a Fenris barrage pack of Hunt Down and Kill a Bane Spirit uh, when this Bane Spirit turned out to have possessed uh, the camper they were going to kill. And may or not have been a campsite that that camper was endorsed to be there, and someone paid him money to be there, knowing that maybe by chance they might get corrupted. (laughs) And uh, when I did that and recorded him on camera, it violated, very clearly like you said, you violated, you die... So did my Silver Fang Alpha feel the same thing on the Sept, and it was, it was a sad day that the Get Who challenged me for my title, as, uh, well, we were both going for the same title. I wanted to be right Master, he wanted to be right Master, and, uh, well, he, he died. He was executed for violating the litany, and that saddens me, right, that that happened. Strangely, it would be months later that I would again get our Sept Alpha with the Veil should not be lifted, because at the wrong time, at the right place, he frenzied. Now it could have been because I didn't help him with that pack of vampires that jumped him. It could have been. Now you <laughs> could say that. I didn't get involved because shifting at all in downtown would have been a violation of the litany. However, it would. someone someone used a clip of silver to shoot the alpha that caused him the frenzy, and those vampires are crafty. <laughs> 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 so he may have killed everyone. Got caught on camera. And that was that. And uh and before you think of it, Bob got away with it. He's awesome. Sure didn't! <laughs> i was challenged at that point by the master of the right that's right the guy whose position i wanted who was training me he just challenged me he knew what was up and uh the challenge was was uh with silver claves which uh he's a silver fang claviscar. we'll get into that later uh, I had a whole new respect for it after he played that some in my heart but that's see that's how you use it mike that that veil should not be lifted is the shenanigans and in no good nicks. that's that's who's going to use that in their in their in their play or if you have to battle the worm and you know they're technologically advanced, Pentax, you know, anything, any iteration of Pentax. every time you shapeshift the Chronos, sure, the Delirium affects people. They still have that footage. And if you didn't take care of it, they get to turn around and train their troops. This is what you're going up against. And we're trying to find a way to hunt them down. They were in this area. We know they were there. You see the threats are real. You get the idea. Yep. But here's the, I told you, this is my funnest one here. That's still part of the litany. Uh, and Nick... Please, man. What about thy people in sickness?
0: Do not suffer thy people to tend to thy in sickness, which quite simply means you are a burden. See yourself out. (laughs) (laughs) I have no other way of saying this. If you are too ill or too wounded or cannot manage yourself to the point where someone in your pack has to come over and assist you, You are now weakening your pack and, uh, and that can't be tolerated. Um,
1: reality, the the, the the baddest descriptor, the baddest descriptor. I wanted to not miss what's that first two lines. So um, originally, originally originally a guru. Yeah. Thank you. A
0: guru was injured or aged to the point that uh, he was a burden to the tribe was simply torn to pieces by his fellow guru right so that uh that that kind of tells you the the limit of the way this is this is this is hardcore lupus mentality right and uh obviously there's there's tribes that aren't going to tolerate a thing like that right like the children of gaia of course they value wisdom uktena value wisdom you know you know carry on you have things to do beyond just fighting the war um the geta fenris of course have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, when it's that time they'll go die well and they'll die well with their hammer in their hand fighting the mightiest of the worm creatures may you knock ca- their tooth loose for the next one
1: I gotta tell you that the tribes who are directly like have some sort of hot hatred toward one another they're the ones I see honoring this the most like when to go get Black Fury I really do see them like well today I peed myself incontinence happen. taking my depends and putting them on I'm gonna go uh, hunting the worm right in the umbra I'm going to pick a direction, I'm going to find it and kill it, and I ain't coming back unless it's dead. And that's that. I I think that's an awesome thing to have in the litany, right? Uh, Because Guru can live a long time.
3: Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask, how often have any of you seen this actually come up in game?
1: There is no player I've ever seen that said, I want to play something old enough where this would be be a threat. It's a great concept. Like, if you're a Guru specialist, you have all the knowledge in your head, and you really like talking about it and you want to be there and you're gonna build an interesting character that's less combat focused. You know, or likes the challenge of the hindrance that your your age has brought to you like an old, old, old tooth arun sitting there and boy, you think you can kill as good as me. Yep. You know, <laughs> steps up, let's find out, right? That's that's awesome. But when he gets wounded, it would be an awesome scene to have those who he taught rushing over to save him as he's like, You dare try to steal my glory? And then jump into the maw, whatever they were fighting like that's cute credits yeah. right you just saw greatness in front of you and how it's handled right that would be that would be everything it's uh that that's the achilles moment as i like to call it um if you're great prove it pretty cool
4: yeah and it also seems like a um i mean i uh, nick was reading and i just had this idea i would be interested to see a, a ronin right with like this extra super long beard who wandered off from his sept Forty years ago, and somehow has not yet died. <laughs> well, all right, we're
1: gonna get through these last ones. As we talked about. I agree with, it. I agree with it. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. This is all Mike's the like, Man. Mike. Right. Uh, the leader may be challenged at any time in peace. We're just roughly gonna get through this and that. It's as simple as it says. Uh, the guru do not challenge each other in a time of war. It's not what it's for. Um, when you're out with your pack accomplishing a task, it's not time to do challenges. And they won't hear them. They they know not to do that. Some unscrupulous packs, though, wait uh, for a time of peace to almost stack challenges to get through it. Like, if we want that alpha roll and we're just not as powerful, we'll wait. And then my one buddy will challenge and he loses, challenge again, and maybe he wins. You know, we don't know how many it's going to take, but one of us is going to end up getting what we want. And, uh, you know, then other tribes do even different tactics with it. You get how that can be abused, but ideally in its inception. The leader may be challenged at any time in peace. However, the leader shall not be challenged in a time of war, for obvious reasons. And uh, you can't—you just can't have someone deciding into. This basically says you can't have all players mm-hmm. who are upset and in the pack, right? Because that's not—that's not the RP there. That's—I uh, I hate to say it—you know, ah, oh, Bob, you're being opinionating. And yes, it is, but also it reads that way. You know, that's where it comes from. It says, if I don't like my alpha, you know, too bad. We're in the middle of fighting some big epic thing, and now it's not the time to decide. I'm not backing them up. You yeah. certainly control the actions of your character, but if you don't, you are violating the the litany when you don't back them. Yep, is what this is getting into. And as it says, they may not stop to do something then, but get back to the set, get torn apart. No hesitation
0: that's, in the trenches.
1: That's exactly well said. Um, you shall take no action that causes a cairn to be violated. There is no reason anyone listening at all is going to sit here and go oh well, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> right it's the holy site this is uh this is what they're fighting for it's the lifeblood of Gaia physically represented on this world and they're they're trying they're, they're losing these places they're looking to open more but that's an epic struggle it we'll, we'll get to much much later uh, no doubt somewhere in one of these books we're going to get into the right of care opening and uh how hard that is you know that's why you don't have them everywhere which means you're fighting for it territory and otherwise amongst the tribes as well and uh, this I feel is just like the veil one there's, there's no at least I can't think of a way to argue it can you guys uh, not at all
0: when I, when I look at this one it is so important yet so vague a wily manipulator can easily take advantage of this one uh, the same way that uh, that you had mentioned earlier with your, uh, with your previous silver fang
1: that's how it's going to do it's how it'll be and folks on, on that note, just because I know for time I'm getting winks from these guys usually means we're going way over. Um, this uh, this end piece, though, with justice, I'm just going to mention it as you can get the idea from it because it, it doesn't get in detail, it's just like, oh, remember the rigid rules of the guru. Yeah, the litany is their guiding light, they have positions that go over this stuff, uh, to understand it. They have you know, hierarchy determines a lot on what's in a violation and what to do, all their councils included these things do exist for the Guru as well. And in a much, I'd say, more social capacity than you're used to and even in Vampire because these folks can, well, have a heart. It's not about just earning up. If someone, someone's actions violate some of the litany, but the circumstances, you know, do matter and how that went about and it was for a better, a greater good, that's when this is, uh, you pull in those half-moons to kind of help you figure out uh, those Philodox to sit in judgment of what happened and get the story being told. But this is also one of the best social aspects. Kicks up is in that moment. As tribal politics matter, you know, in a pack, I don't... I, I, you just heard me admit, I, I'm a skulldugger against an alpha and a right master that I had issue with and doing what I could to get through it. That's a perfect time to muckrake and misdirect to try to make it good or bad for the person in question. And this, this all has a place in this game. It's definitely there. And uh, that's, that's about it. Uh, for politics and justice with the werewolves in this episode, um, we're going into this. Any any last thing you guys want to get out before we gotta go?
3: Uh, just just one small thing about uh, the uh, the challenges during peacetime and in wartime. I feel as though someone said this: like you can only challenge a leader in peace. That means you can only you cannot challenge someone at war. Get a Fenris! I'm looking at you. Like I feel as though that was like. Do, do you know what I mean? No,
1: I, like I'm I'm trying to say, do you feel that like, it's, like, it's unfair that you can only challenge them in peace?
3: No, no, no. I felt as though someone just like restated themselves with like covering all the bases because this was like a repeat problem they were having. <laughs> like when I first read this, I started laughing okay. because I thought this was ridiculous.
1: I, I did the same thing. It's because I, I feel it's kind of out of order in the litany list. Right? Like if it told you you can't challenge them in war, but you can challenge them in peace would have made more mm-hmm. linear sense we go to it but the way they did it also sticks in your head better right in my opinion because yep. it made you think why was that there and then you see it oh okay those two link, but there was stuff in me okay
0: yeah it's uh it's almost redundant when they say you can challenge at any time in peace you, you could just say you can challenge at any time except see see, see below you can't challenge <laughs> in war
3: <laughs> right I, I guess the litany didn't have footnotes but so yeah. that's
4: since, since since we're on the topic what circumstances are more appropriate for a challenge than in the middle of a, a war when your leader's making bad decisions?
1: A moot, when you're at a sept and everybody wants to get renowned.
4: Well, sure, but uh, presumptively that's after the fact, though, right? Like after whatever consequences of this leader's decisions have played out, now that yeah. we've lost whatever we were going to lose yeah. following somebody who may not have been fit. And we could tell when it was happening, maybe when there was time to still do something about it.
1: Man, you know it's weird, Mike. It sounds like you're a guy who I really could not trust being a soldier in my army. Sometimes That's not you know, what I'm saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just pointing out. An order's given. He's in charge. An order's given. You march off to war. Now he may turn out to be a bag of poo, but you're the one who's in that group to kind of hold it together to come back and report to me. Hey, we kind of we followed what he said, and it almost got everybody killed. We lost. We took heavy losses, and we need to do something. And in a time of peace, at that moot in front of your leaders. You're right. Do You have anything to say for yourself? I shouldn't have brought the grenades. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought them. All right, leader Bob's done. Get rid of them. Yeah. But if you're going to be the guy in the middle of that thing to sit there and go, "You suck. You're the worst leader in the world. You're already dead." Right. Yeah. Like, where's my fellow docs? Are you seeing this shit? <laughs> it's a, it's a done deal. You got to get to hold that line to the end. Is what it's saying. Yep.
0: There's,
1: There's time and way, a place, right?
0: Your leader freezes. Doesn't do a damn thing. You got a lot of leeway. You can go up to the uh, to the reggae and be like, "Hey, the elf has said to go sneak around him."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, Right. or more slightly, if he gives an order and you don't do, be done with right. Mm -hmm. Right, and I think and I think you're right to point that out, Mike. That there, what do you do with a leader who does freeze or does give really bad orders or seems to be nefarious? That's what everybody else in your pack's for. Like, the philodox. If you're, well, what do you do if the opposite philodox? Well, then you make a gut call. If my philodox goes, we need to kill the orphanage instead of the worm. What? Like, wait, yeah, hold I've on, been, bro. Wait a minute. That's a lot of fate. A <laughs> lot of faith. someone's, Someone's been eating babies under a full moon. We don't know who. Uh, and a piece of diaper falls out. At the time. <laughs> well, I think the Hulkans understand. We whooped his ass then. Right, he, he died then. Sorry, why? He was barfing diaper. He had all sorts of little binkies attached to his pack. It was weird. There was he peed all over that freaking orphanage. I will tell you
0: right her? now, you you stomp that son of a bitch until he returns <laughs> to his breed form. You go back to the sep and you tell the most woeful story about how bravely he died fighting the worm.
1: <laughs> and that's why Nick's a shadow lord. This I was exactly just gonna shadow.
4: <laughs> shadow lord alert. <laughs>
1: shit (laughs) all right folks that's all the time we have for right now thank you for tuning in to here's uh to kind of go through the the politics of the werewolves that we have identified in the first edition um no we didn't get to every single little strip but as we said we're going through for understanding the discussion points to help stick it in our head and of course to give you guys time to respond to us about this very book and to get your throw-ins and what have you and uh part three i promise you is going to pick up as this was uh, the last point to get stuck in your head about what the worlds are about, how they do their politics, how they do their leadership, you know what the tribes are, or have an idea of them. So now we get to get to the fun stuff, talking about gifts, spirits, and whatnot, maybe a little bit in the mechanics. We'll see how that goes, but uh, part three will be the end of this book, and uh, we'll get right through it so we can get some more of the material that we know and love uh, for Werewolf the Apocalypse First Edition. Thanks for listening. Guys, thanks for jumping on here with me.
0: I say Adieu.
3: Peace out. <laughs> Bye. See you, everyone.
4: Thank you for listening to our 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 years of VTM, at our email, info at 25YearsVTM.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25YearsVTM, or on our website, www.25YearsVTM.com. If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade.